Judges chapter 6. So as we uh, continue on in our sort of overview of the Old Testament, we're uh, up to Judges chapter 6, reading from verse 11. And as Petrina mentioned, this is uh, part of the story of Gideon. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abzurite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all this where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Have you noticed that you tend to just keep going around and around in circles? We tend to keep going back to old ways and habits, particularly when it comes to sin. The old character, the old character traits and the ways of coping and dealing with life keep resurfacing. We can become creatures of habit until we break the pattern through self-discipline and as God cleanses us and gives us strength to stand firm. Last week we considered Joshua and the commencement of his work in bringing the people into the promised land, conquering the, the people who were living there, displacing them, the existing people groups. And initially Joshua was self-reliant, with a risk of developing an overinflated ego. But God helped him right from the very beginning. Today, as we consider another leader of the nation, we see the flip side of Joshua. In Gideon, who lacks confidence entirely. And this just shows us that no one is exempt from God's intervention and encouragement and that God can always work with humility. God always works with humility. After the Lord had led the people into the promised land and they were reasonably settled in their tribal groups, Joshua died at the age of 110. you find that in chapter 2, verse 8. And a generation passes and the Hebrew people return to their old ways. Back into the cycle. 
Once again, they fail to remember and honour the Lord and they begin to worship foreign or false gods. God therefore allowed the surrounding nations to raid and plunder their land and he didn't just leave it at that. He didn't just leave it at the the surrounding nations can come in and plunder you, plunder your land, your goods, I'll still look after you. He sent judges or he sent leaders in an attempt to bring them back to himself. We're told in chapter 2, verse 18, that although the people were relentless in their pursuit of other gods, chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord had compassion on them as they groaned under those who oppressed and afflicted them. The Lord is compassionate. The Lord had compassion on them, even though they were relentless in their pursuit of other gods. In his mercy, he doesn't give us what we deserve. In his grace, he blesses us far more than we deserve. We're just singing about the faithfulness of our God. What a faithful God we have. He doesn't wait until we are right with him before he intervenes. He hears our cries for help and he moves close and he reassures us that he will take care of us. And so today as we consider one of these prominent judges or prominent leaders in Gideon, for seven years the Midianites and Amalekites have kept coming across the Jordan. They've been raiding the land and their people. They've been taking back with them the the Hebrew people's sheep and goats their camels, their donkeys. And then whenever the Hebrew people have planted crops, they've come over, they've brought their animals with them and they've let them feed on the Hebrew people's crops and they've taken back grain with them. They've raped the land, left them with nothing. They've basically gone through seven years of drought without it being a drought. These are desperate times And they're so fearful that many of them, in chapter 6 verse 2, says that they had prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves and strongholds. They were hiding away from the Midianites. They'd become so impoverished that they cried out to the Lord. Desperate times call for desperate measures. And so although initially they had rejected God and gone to other false gods, foreign gods, desperate times call for desperate measures. Perhaps we should cry out to the God of the Hebrew people. I was talking to a lady once who was very concerned about the spiritual position of her son. He had known the Lord and then he had turned away from the Lord. He had a degenerative back condition and as I spoke with her it somewhat surprised me when she told me that she was happy for the Lord to put her son into a wheelchair if that meant that he would return to the Lord. Are we that concerned for the salvation of others? Are we that concerned for the salvation of our own kids. Lord, do whatever's necessary 
to bring them back to you. The Lord often allows difficult times in order that we turn back to him. And this is what the Hebrew people were going through. And as you read chapter 6, you'll notice that although the people cry out to the Lord, their deliverance doesn't happen immediately. God doesn't come through just like that. The first thing that God does is send an unnamed prophet to call the people to repentance. The prophet reminds them of how the Lord brought them out of Egypt and stresses that repentance must precede restoration. The prophet gives them an opportunity to repent from their worship of these false gods, the gods of the Amalekites. And unfortunately, we don't see or read of any repentance. However, the amazing thing is that God doesn't, that doesn't preclude God's grace. He still raises up Gideon. God often calls us to turn away from the sin that so easily entangles. When we run after the same gods as non-believers chasing after other gods, we shouldn't be surprised when trials come our way and God doesn't intervene or answer our prayers the way that we hope or might expect. Isaiah declared, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. But our iniquities have separated you, your iniquities have separated you from your God, your sins have hidden his face from you. We can remove ourselves from the Lord's presence with old sinful ways and habits when they resurface. And once again, God asks us to repent. He convicts us of our sin and then in offering his forgiveness, he asks that we go and sin no more. The reason for this is not because his forgiveness is limited, but because he wants the very best for us. He doesn't want any barrier between us. Nor does he want us to suffer through the consequences that result from sin. Sadly, though, we're often just like Israel, as they chose not to repent. But by the grace of God, he has compassion on them and he raises up Gideon. And Gideon is no one of renown. He's a farmer's son, simply trying to eke out a living. The normal practice for threshing grain was to be outside in the the breeze to throw the wheat up, the wheat and the chaff, into the air. The breeze would blow the chaff away, the grain would fall at your feet. But here we find Gideon out of sight, hiding in a wine press in an effort to stay secluded from the Midianites. An angel of the Lord then appears to Gideon and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now I'm sure that Gideon is not feeling much like a mighty warrior. He's hidden away, he's working quietly to secure grain for his family. 
And he believes that God has abandoned them, verse 13. He believes that God has allowed the Midianites to do as they please, and so therefore God has abandoned them. Do you feel abandoned at times by God? Everything seems to be going wrong. The wicked and the heathen seem to be profiteering whilst you struggle to make ends meet. The young and the restless steal as they please and justice doesn't appear to be forthcoming. Big business walks all over the little fella and the bully always gets their way. May I say to you, as the angel said to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, because the battle belongs to the Lord. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. And his promise to you is that he is working all things together for good Because you love him. God has not abandoned you. He is with you always. If God is for us, who can be against us? And so the Lord says to Gideon in verse 14, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Gideon has heard the stories from his father and possibly that prophet about the way that God had delivered them out of Egypt, but he hadn't experienced the powerful hand of God for himself, not personally. And obviously if God was no longer working with them, then he must have abandoned them. And now God says, go in the strength you have and save Israel. Save Israel under my strength? Uh, I don't think so. Not happening. Gideon doesn't feel like a mighty warrior. Verse 15, Gideon asks, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. It's getting worse. Gideon is quick to point out that there are far more, much more capable fighting men than he that the Lord should choose. In fact, he believes that the Lord has chosen the weakest of the weak. You've got to be kidding, God. Me? Not only was his the smallest tribe in the region, but his family was one of the most insignificant and he's the youngest Only the youngest in the family knows the insecurity associated with being the youngest. If you're the youngest, you know what I'm referring to. 
You don't want to step up and lead because you've never had to, because your older brother or sister is always the one who leads. Self-doubt was limiting Gideon's faith in God. And often this is where we get stuck. So when the Lord says to you or asks you to do something, to lead communion or a church service, to play with the band, to join the leadership of an existing ministry, to consider eldership, to study to become a pastor, Perhaps your first reaction is to list all of the reasons why you don't think that's a good idea, God. Just like Gideon. And God's response to Gideon was, I will be with you. Go in the strength that you have and save Israel. Unfortunately, Gideon doesn't realise nor trust in the strength that God would give him. He doesn't realise the strength that God is going to give him. You see, as you continue to read through the story of Gideon, you will see that he repeatedly asked God to confirm his presence and his plans through signs and wonders. And Gideon is well known for throwing out a fleece. You can read that part of the story at the end of chapter 6. God had told Gideon what he wanted him to do and told him that he would be successful. You will strike down every one of the Midianites. Still Gideon throws out a fleece of wool and asks God to confirm his word by allowing the fleece to be wet from the overnight dew whilst the surrounding ground is dry. And it was so. The next day Gideon asks God to reverse it so that the fleece may remain dry whilst the surrounding ground is wet from the overnight dew. And it was so. Now many a Christian has attempted to throw out a fleece citing Gideon as an example to follow. As if, as if this is a good idea. Gideon asking for a sign actually has nothing to do with determining God's will. God has already told Gideon what to do and you will be successful. Rather, Gideon is demonstrating a lack of faith in God. And he's revealing his own doubts and his fears. He he wasn't prepared to move forward until he was absolutely certain that he could trust God. So if you know God's will for your life, if you know what God is asking you to do, if you know that what you would like to do is sin and against God's word, then he's asking you to trust him. The amazing part of the Gideon story is the patience of God. He patiently works with Gideon. And how God reveals himself. As the story unfolds further, we see how Gideon, he commenced with 32,000 fighting men and the Lord reduces this down to 300 prior to battle. He starts with 32,000. Let's reduce that down to 300. 
to make it abundantly clear that the battle belongs to the Lord and all praise and glory should go to God. Regardless of whatever battle you might be facing at the moment, are you trusting in God? Because he is with you. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. We might wish for some sign from above. We might wish for a sign that God will heal. We might wish for a sign that the present battle will be won. We might want to hear God's voice, even though we already know what he wants us to do. Whilst God simply wants us to trust him today. Trust me today, he says. Paul said, I can do all things. And in the the Greek, it's more along the lines of, I can cope with all things. I can handle all things that I face through Christ who strengthens me. Are you tired of going around in circles? Are you tired of old character traits resurfacing, the familiar ways of dealing with life? Are you tired of self-doubt? Tired of facing the same old sins? God still says to us today, go in the strength you have. For our strength comes from the Lord, as Paul declares in Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. For the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Go in the strength of the Lord. Amen.